The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right, ladies and gents, let's rumble on this wonderful Tuesday. This is Fantasy NBA Today. A hoop ball presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is the time of year where I really like to harp on my social media because it's the time of year where new folks are finding the podcast. So hello to you all. Welcome to the show. We are in our fourth year of existence now, which is crazy. And also kind of on the opposite side, it's totally not crazy because I had a sports betting podcast 11 years ago and it's like doing it all over again here, but in fantasy sports. So it's really cool. If you want to find me on social media, I do a lot of interacting over there, especially once we get into the the kind of thick of things here as the season is approaching. We're exactly three weeks away. You can just Google search Dan from Hoopball. It's really easy to find me that way because spelling Bespris is a royal pain in the butt. Just ask me. I know, especially over the phone, which is basically what a podcast is. Now, I'll admit, my microphone is better than uh, that in a cell phone, so maybe it's a little easier to hear which letter is which, but I'm betting most of you that Google search Dan from Hoopball see my last name and think, oh, that's how that's spelled. It's Yiddish, by the way, in origin. Bespris. A lot of fun. Uh, Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. This is a super fun time of year to just see everybody kind of coming out of the the woodwork here and getting back into basketball. I... uh, a couple things here to start the show before we dive right back into ADP stuff. We left off at number 40 on yesterday's podcast, and we'll do our Ace Ventura deep breath routine, you know, rattling off the first 40 names on the list before we start going back through them again, uh, picking up at 41 today. Uh, a couple of very quick things, but very important things. Our hoop ball leagues are very close to full right now. I repeat... Our hoop ball leagues are very close to full. My buddy Andre, good friend of the program and fellow hoop baller, has been handling placement this year and commissioner of those leagues. He's doing a wonderful job of uh, just taking care of a lot of logistical stuff and and taking things off of my plate. So big thank you to Andre. But also, Andre's been letting me know kind of where everything sits right now with our hoop ball leagues. We have a couple uh, that need people right now. We got a head to head cash league that's about half full. So I think they're about five slots left in a head-to-head cash league, and then we'll be uh, eliminating that completely. We have two slots left in our head-to-head free league. And so at that point, you know, if 10 of you show up right now and say we want to play in a head-to-head free league, we'll put two of you in the existing one, and we'll put eight of you on a wait list, and if a couple more people show up, we'll just open up the next one. A um, couple of folks it looks like have backed out, um, so that's kind of in uh, why these slots have opened up. Uh, We have about half of a Roto Cash League open. A bunch of people all came together, and we're going to make sure that we get that one filled up. So Roto Cash League has about six slots left. And then a Roto Free League that we just opened, you know, mostly open. Although right now, if if a bunch of you Roto Free folks don't show up, we'll probably just shut that one down and make sure that the, uh, the existing few are all the way full, just in case anybody backs out. So probably about 15 slots left total in our Hoop Ball Leagues. Hit me up on Twitter, as I just mentioned, or email 
teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com if you want to get involved in our hoopball leagues. Same way to get in touch with me, at Dan Vespers on Twitter or the email address teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com if you want to be a part of our growing hoopball employee base. Well, maybe that's not the right. Contributor base because we have contributor openings here at Hoopball in our fantasy division, our DFS division. If you know sports besides basketball, that's awesome. Same deal with betting. We're adding folks to our sports betting team right now, and a few of you have already hit me up about that. You'll be working under the great Devin Ellington. That is awesome. Over on the DFS side, you'll be working under the great Mike Apatria. And on our full season fantasy, you'd be working under the majestic Mike Pasador. We're looking for podcasters as well. If you want to cover a team or if you want to cover fantasy, hit me up. That'd be me. I'd be You'd be working under me. Uh, and then finally, if you want to make some money, we've got some sales spots open. That's the, uh, the position we have available that uh, does have some financial niceties attached to it. So those are the two things here in the opener I wanted to, to knock out of the way. They are, by all accounts, promo, but at the same time, they're fun things. They're for you guys. If you want to be a part of us, you want to play with us, that's the way to do it. So welcome to the show, everybody. You can follow Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter at uh, Hoopball Fantasy. I guess I should have phrased that a little bit differently. Again, finding me is very easy. Just uh, Dan at uh, just Google search Dan from Hoopball, and we'll get that thing rolling. In terms of NBA news this morning, there was one thing that flashed by that I thought was worth mentioning on the podcast, and that is that Kemba Walker is not likely to be ready on opening day, which doesn't really change much for us because he was pretty much on our do not draft list anyway. But now he's definitely on our do not draft list. Do not draft players who are hurt to start the year pretty much any season, but this season in a big way because guys are not going to be getting rushed back this year. It's too, the ramp is too short. They're going to need training camp, which is already short. It starts today, doesn't it? Good gravy. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't know how far Kemba Walker would have to fall for me to even consider drafting him in either format, Roto or head-to-head. I don't care if it's weekly, daily, games cap, whatever. You know, there there's a very real chance that Kemba Walker misses 15, 20 games this year and doesn't play all that great even when he's on the court. Not that he's going to fall completely out of relevance, because Boston did lose Gordon Hayward, so there's a little bit more on the table for the rest of those guys. But it's going to be an ugly year. He's going to have to fall a long, long way from his current ADP in the 20s. Sheesh. He actually went up ever so slightly overnight. His ADP went up. Figure that one out. Guys are moving around. ADPs are shifting on Yahoo every single day. So let's start by rattling off the first 40 and we'll try to notice if there's anything that changed in there. You know, in terms of guys just, you know, flip-flopping spaces, we're probably not going to be able to find that. But if the new name pops up, we will. James Harden, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic, Dame Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Jason Tatum. That is your top 10. Okay, next 10. LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, KD, John Collins, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. I believe we're still at the same top 20. Russell Westbrook, Bam Adebayo, Zion is at 23. Is that where he was before? I thought he might have been at 24. Kyrie, 24. Kemba is the 25th player getting drafted right now. Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Nick Vucevic. Uh, 
unless I lost track of a person, I think we've actually moved everybody up one slot. So who the hell fell out is the question. Well, whatever. Regardless, uh, John Morant now is the 31st guy being taken. Shea, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam, Kristaps Porzingis, Drummond, Chris Middleton, Yusuf Nurkic jumps up a few slots. So we're going to have to talk about him, Zach Levine, and Kyle Lowry. So uh, the obvious one there was Nurk. We haven't we hadn't talked about him yet. He was outside the top 40 until this morning, and now he's in it. Even though his ADP is technically 43.7, that actually made him the 38th player taken on average in Yahoo drafts. And again, remember Yahoo ADPs, this is a combination of eight and nine category drafting. What I don't know, and you know, I, I look at so many things over the course of the day, what I don't know is who fell. Because someone moved out of the way here, and I don't, uh, I'm not picking up quickly who it was. Maybe they took Clay Thompson out of the works. Yeah, nope. Well, he's at 46 and a half now, so I guess he's falling, but he's still in the picture. Hmm. Well, we'll never know. In any event, we've talked about everybody that I just listed except for Yusuf Nurkic. So let's briefly talk about him, and then we'll jump over Zach Levine and Kyle Lowry. We'll pick up today with the 41st player on the board, and that would be De'Aaron Fox. Nurk is an interesting one. Because at 43.7, his ADP, or the 38th player taken, it's showing a certain measure of, I don't know, logic by the fantasy community at large. And that usually surprises me. Because Nurk this year played a couple of games in the bubble, basically, and was absolutely stellar in the bubble. He lit it up. Like, he hadn't missed a single game. He was, he obviously didn't play during the the pre-bubble regular season, but he was in the top 10 in the bubble, averaging 18 and 11 with four assists, 3.4 defensive stats, 50% shooting from the field, 80% at the free throw line, and it just blew everyone away. Now, the problem, of course, is that some of those numbers are a bit likely unsustainable his regular season with Portland before the injury that was of course uh, not this most recent year but the previous one he had played 72 games remember the injury happened very close to the end uh, of the season and averaged 15 and a half points 10 and a half rebounds his free throw shooting was at 77 percent so it didn't jump that much for the bubble run uh, excuse me it did jump a ton for the bubble run he was actually at 88.6 during the uh, the bubble games, and then in the playoffs, he was at 78.3. So the, the 90% free throw shooting in the bubble is likely not sustainable. 50% shooting is, 10.5 rebounds is, 4 assists is probably a hair on the high side, but not completely insane. And let's say, for argument's sake, that his scoring does actually go up from 15.5 to 17.5, which, again, I'm not sure that that's going to be the case, but he played 31 minutes a game during those bubble runs, and two years ago with Portland, he played only 27 and a half minutes a game during the regular season. So there's there's an added minute count thing here happening that might work in his favor. What likely won't continue is a combined 3.4 defensive stats. He's actually been generally pretty good with racking up defensive stats. Even if you go way back to his early days in Denver which, by the way, is only like four years ago, he was, you know, he had a, a, 
a Denver regular season where he was playing 17 minutes a game and averaged 2.2 combined defensive stats. So he can rack them up. Of course, the problem there is that when you extend that line from 18 minutes a game to 36 minutes a game, the per 36 doesn't actually give you an accurate representation of what, is a, guy, of what a guy would do because Nurk is going to wear down playing 32, 33 minutes a game on any given night and certainly over the course of an entire season. The good news is that Portland's backup center is Ennis Cantor or Zach Collins, depending on where they use these guys, and Nurk is way better than those guys. Way better. The bad news, of course, is that he's still a very, very big man, and playing a very, very big man 32 minutes a game is going to break him. You're going to break your toy if you play him too much. So let's, for argument's sake, say that his minutes do trend up a little bit towards 29 or 30 instead of 27, but probably not 32 over the entire year. That would be a massive haul. With that in mind, you could say, all right, maybe his scoring does go up from 15.5 to, let's say, 16.5. Let's say he puts up one extra point. Rebounding stays about the same. Assists, maybe they trend up towards 3.5 instead of 3.2. 3.4 defensive stats will come down over a full year. He was really good by the way, in that department two years ago. He's at 2.4 defensive stats, one steal, 1.4 blocks a game. That's great. You take that. And if we didn't know that he had just done a 3.4 combo in the bubble, I'd be looking at that 2.4 from two years ago and saying, well, that's really good. That's great. Getting 2.4 combined defensive stats out of a center, that's terrific. Let's say that's probably the target. So wipe one defensive stat off the board every game for Nurk, wipe about a point off the board, and wipe about probably 9% at the free throw line off the board, and he dials back to maybe just a hair better than he was the full previous season, 2018-2019, making sure, of course, that I'm getting my years right, when he was number 37 that year, prior to the injury. Because that stuff is pretty... I think you can replicate that pretty easily. 15 and a half, 10 and a half, and 3, 2.4 D stats, 77 at the free throw line, two slightly over two turnovers. Getting to that mark for him seems, I don't want to say easy, but pretty close to easy. So the fact that he has an ADP of 43.7 and the fact that he's going around 38 tells you He's actually kind of a deal right now. And that surprised me after his big bubble. I did not think he was going to be a draft day deal in any capacity. Now, there there could be rest days as they make sure that he's not going to explode. That right? Like we we have to be aware of that. They're they, they again, they don't want to break their toy, but at the same time, what he did 2 years ago is probably the floor. For a per-game number. How many games he plays is anybody's guess. I think he's going to try to play a lot. Because he hasn't played very much lately. But 37 as a floor? Maybe that's not right. I mean, a lot of things could go wrong. He could decide he wants to shoot the three ball and his field goal percent could plummet. He could have a weird year where he's just not getting steals. But otherwise, he's going to be a focal point in that offense. He's going to be the third most important guy on the floor for Portland. Uh... At most of the time. So why couldn't he get right back to number 37? I think Nurk has a very real... And again, games played is a factor here. 
You know, he could miss 15 games for whatever weird things. That, you know, we, we just don't know. Can't call him injury prone, but he is coming off a pretty gruesome thing and putting together, you know, 12, 13 games during the bubble is different than a 72-game haul. So anything can happen on the game's played front, but from a per-game standpoint, I think you're probably looking at someone who's going to go in the early 30s. And then you just have to figure out how many games he's going to play. I think he does okay. I think he gets around league average. So right now, I actually like him. But he appears to be on the way up, based on the fact that he just jumped into our discussion that should have occurred yesterday, but didn't. And I, I do just wonder then how far he's going to go. You know, is he going to start getting drafted in the early 30s? Is he going to start getting drafted in the late 20s? I thought he was going to get drafted in the 30s. And then when he wasn't in our discussion the last two days, it didn't really, it didn't really occur to me because I was just reading the names in front of my face. But then as he pops up there today, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy, what the hell wasn't he doing in there the last two days? Anywho, let's jump over Levine and Lowry. We talked about those guys already and start on De'Aaron Fox, who is technically number 41 on the board here, but has an ADP of 44.3. And by the way, ADP is always going to be behind the slot where a person's getting drafted. It's just always because the number one guy is going to have a number bigger than number one. And then everybody else is going to follow. Like, unless there's a consensus for about three or four guys in a row, it's always going to be later. So don't, don't worry too much about that. We're, you know, we're more concerned with the order at this point. De'Aaron Fox at 41 is uh, not unreasonable because there are eight category stuffs being blended in, in the data we're interpreting here. Uh, he was number 70. Two years ago, and everybody was like, all right, here comes the big here comes the big surge for Fox. And then it didn't really happen. He was number 82 this most recent season. That said, uh, he's gonna get launched into a really good system under Alvin Gentry as their as their offensive guru now in Sacramento. He's playing really well towards the end of last year. Remember, he got off to a rough start. But if you look just at what Fox did, um, I mean we can even look from the turn of the year on. So January 1st, 2020 to the end of even the bubble, if you want to go that far. He was number 65, and a lot of that was because he had three turnovers a game. Free throw shooting's holding him back, but over that stretch, he was having 20, 23, 4, and 7, 2.2 defensive stats, 48.5% shooting from the field. So there's a lot of good stuff going on there. He's a guy that I think I would be targeting in eight category leagues, but a little bit less so in nine when you think about some of the other guards going right nearby here. Uh, you know, I mentioned Kyle, Kyle Lowry on yesterday's show. Uh, Levine on yesterday's show, Chris Paul a little earlier in the round on yesterday's show. Well, I guess Paul was sort of sneaking in the late third, and now we're into the uh, we're into the mid fours, as it were. But he's just he's not a guy that I think I would take in the mid fours in nine cat, unless you're assuming he's going to play in most of those seventy two games. He's a guy that has the ability. Uh, you know, I missed a few games last year, but. He, you know, he's also a guy that over his relatively young career, seemingly pretty tough. So that 10th category could be the thing that, that shoots him up the board a little bit. And maybe you do get your, your money's worth there in nine cat, but it, it'll be a squeeze. Mitchell Robinson is going around 42. His ADP is 45.7. And I love it. I love it. Uh, he was number 51 last year, disappointed a lot of folks. That's probably the floor for him this year. Um, so if you're getting him in the forties, I'm good with that. 
I think he'll play in most of their ball games. He only missed a couple last year. I think two, maybe three at most. Sharing the center spot with Nerlens Noel in New York, they'll uh, they'll both get playing time, I would think. So I like it. I mean, Mitchell Robinson in this range, more fun certainly in Roto than head-to-head because they'll just pile up blocks for you. And in head-to-head, he's going to be very helpful with the turnovers. And we've talked about before, you can kind of give that category away. So Roto guy in the 40s, I can dig it. I can dig it. Jaron Jackson is at 43, and he's on our Do Not Draft list right now, which I know is going to irritate a lot of you guys, and I'm totally willing to take the hit on this one if he ends up blowing up, but his knee's not ready. And in a 72-game season, three missed games, could it be four, could it be six? We just don't know. And if a guy's season is capped at 66 games... Any other injury that he sustains means he will not hit his ADP. That's it. All it will take is, you know, a, a sprained ankle. He misses four games over a week and a half, and he's done. He's not going to get there. That's all it'll take. Because he's still not going to go big rebounding. He's just not. Not with Jonas Valanciunas on that team. And so he's going to have to do it with scoring threes and blocks because his percentages weren't that good. I don't know if that changes all that much either. You know, he's a guy that loves to fire away from outside. Everybody's like, threes and blocks. What an amazing combination. Yeah, that'd be great if, you know, could he hit his free throws? If his blocks were better than 1.6? Is that a thing that's trending down as he learns how to stay on the floor a little bit more? The whole thing just screams red flag for me, and I'm just not, I'm not on board with it. Not at 43. For a guy starting the year with an injury. John Wall. This surprised the hell out of me. He's at 44. Now, I think a decent amount of that has to do with the 8-cat thing, so do some 9-category mocks and see where he's actually going in 9-cat drafts. But ain't no way I'm touching that dude in the 40s and 8-cat, or in 9-cat, excuse me. This is a guy who wants out of Washington, wasn't really playing all that well last year, even before the injury took him out for a year and a half. He was at 73 in 9-category leagues last year on 3.8 turnovers a game, but... Brutal. Both percentages were a mess. Points, assists, steals, even some blocks. Yeah, that's great and all. But he's an anchor in three categories. Field goal, free throw, and turnovers. That is hard to overcome in a nine-category league. Eight-cat, have at it, man. You pull turnovers out of his numbers from last year, he's actually pretty good. But I I don't operate like that in a roto league. He's number 30 in eight-cat prior to his injury last year. But turnovers are a big deal in a Roto League. You want to at least get five, six points in that category, even if you're not going to win it, because some teams are probably going to give up and you'll pass them. But guess what? You're going to pass them in other categories too when they give up. So that all evens out. You want to be competitive with the other teams near the top in that. You never know when a turnover, a couple turnovers here or there, could actually swing two points near the end of your Roto League. You just don't know. Cannot ignore them in Roto. Klay Thompson is at 45. He's been falling here, so we I feel like we're going to talk about him on every single show as he drops 20 slots every day. Obviously, you're not drafting him. Jamal Murray is at 46, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's okay. I, I got to admit, though, guys, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about Jamal Murray this year because he's coming off that incredible bubble performance. He went... He went full superstar in the bubble. 
Uh, but he was number 55 last year. 19 points, uh, four boards, five assists. He's, he's still not going to be the main guy on that team. Nikola Jokic is the main guy. If anything, his usage probably levels off because, you know, Denver's not much has changed out there. Will Barton missed the bubble, so that takes a little bit away from him. I guess what you're looking for with Murray is does he actually maintain that giant leap during the regular season? I just I don't think that you can because his giant leap was heavily predicated on handling the basketball almost every time down the floor. He was just involved in every single set. It was a Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic pick and roll almost every single time. And in the regular season, there's a lot more up and down. There's a lot more getting everybody involved. It's not so much about winning every possession as it is just getting everyone through each game, picking up the wins where you can as often as possible. But there's just more psychologically, there's more going on during a long regular season than there is in a an intense four or five games in the playoffs where a, a role player can just be like, you know what? That's fine. Superstar, go do it. We, we need to win. My ego's fine. My ego's fine if we advance to the next round. But in the regular season, those guys, nah. Their ego's not fine. Hey, it's been a month. I haven't touched the basketball. So I don't think that his usage goes up all that much, even though he probably deserves it, given how he played in the bubble and, and the progress it seems like his game is making now. And also... Dude was straight playing like 46 minutes a game against the Lakers. His body's beat up. I don't care how young he is. And admittedly, he is still a young dude. And thinking back to, you know, when I was 23 or whatever the hell he is at this point, I it's pretty easy to go to bed, wake up, and just keep going. But, dude, those playoff series. Look at, look at his series against the Clippers. 38, 44, 40, 41, 44. They got blown out by the Lakers in game one of that series. He only played a scant 29. And then 44, 44, 45, 43. Again, I know he's young, but here's a quick turnaround happening here. I'm a little nervous about Jamal Murray. Rob Covington going at 47. (laughs) I can count. Rob Covington going at 47. And I'm fine with that now. I, you know what? In Houston, it looked like he was probably going to be the greatest value in the history of fantasy. In Portland, he's he's not going to have quite that same opportunity, but he's still going to rack up defensive stats, and he's still going to knock down his threes. The the issue certainly with with Rocco, what made him so unreal with Houston late last year was the rebounding, the fact that he was playing power forward and center with the Rockets. He was. He was collecting rebounds like they were going out of style. I mean, he was a top 20 guy grabbing, you know, seven, eight rebounds a game to go along with his three-plus defensive stats and almost three three three-pointers a game. So he's probably not going to get into that top 20. But here at 47, I think he's pretty reasonable. He'll probably play most of the games. He's going to get open looks alongside Dame, McCollum, Nurk. And if he can... I guess he's probably their starting power forward right now, depending a bit on on whether or not Carmelo Anthony comes back. Melo comes back. Covington probably their starting small forward. If he doesn't, he probably slides up to the four, and someone like Rodney Hood would then probably slide in and start at small forward on that team. Regardless, you know, we obviously want him more towards the power forward and center spots for rebounding, for blocks, things of that nature. 
uh, the farther he w- away he moves from the bucket, the more it hurts him. But I don't know. I, I just I find it hard to believe that he could go a whole season and not be a top 50 guy. Right? Doesn't that seem like about as bad as it could get? He ends up, I mean, he could end up in sort of that Tobias Harris mold where his numbers are not super sexy. He's putting up whatever it is, call it like uh, top top 50 per game numbers for most of the year and plays in, you know, 67, 68 of their ball games. That would put him probably inside the top 30. Maybe better. So I don't know. I, I Again, I know he's not going to have quite the year he was going to have in Houston, but I still think he's actually going to be pretty good. Injury could derail that, I guess. I think he'll still be solid. It just It's hard to not be really good when you can pretty easily get to three defensive stats a game. Think about, think about the guys in the end. Let's pause on this particular point before we finish up this, uh, this run of 10 guys. Let's pause on one particular point here. And that is, how many guys in the NBA can actually get you three defensive stats a game, and where are they ranked? Anthony Davis, he was at 3.9 last year. He was number one. So there's an easy one. Whiteside was at 3.5. He was number eight. Go down the list. Jonathan Isaac was at four. He was number 16 in fantasy sports. Uh, Porzingis was close. He was at 2.8. So... Honorable mention, Andre Drummond, 3.5. He was number 26. Of course, he was trending down with the Cavaliers where he wasn't getting his three defensive stats a game, but managed to just barely stay above that number. Uh, Mitchell Robinson was at 2.9. He was number 50. Miles Turner was at 3. He was number 51. Of course, obviously, uh, you know, some of these guys much more heavily built on the uh, the block side of things. Where's Ben Simmons in this? He was pretty close, right? He was at 2.7. As you get down the board... Then you look like Nerland's Noel was at 2.5 in 18 minutes a game. He did nothing. He was 7.5 points, 5 rebounds, and 2.5 defensive stats. That's pretty much all he did, and he was inside the top 75. So, like, if Rob Covington is getting you 2.5 to 3 defensive stats, he almost doesn't have to do anything else, and he's inside the top 75. Which is why, if he's even remotely durable this year, he probably beats this mark. I want to briefly mention our our pals over at Manscaped.com. I hope you guys took advantage of their Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. But if you didn't, luckily, we still have our delightful coupon code here at HoopBall. The coupon code is HoopBall20. Go to Manscaped.com. Check out the Weed Whacker. That's an ear and nose hair trimmer. They've also got the Lawnmower 3.0 and the Shears. 2.0. 2.0. I like that one, too. It's good stuff. It's good stuff for my buddies over at manscaped.com. Check out all of their things. Uh, they're all for grooming because Lord knows we need it here, pandemic style. In Los Angeles, we're into mostly lockdown again, so get ready for beard and ridiculous hair time. Well, keep it trim with manscaped.com. Check them out. Just go see what they've got. The shears in particular, just really nice stuff. Uh, HoopBall20, again, the promo code, 20% off and free shipping on your order. That is manscaped.com. Freddie Van Fleet is number 48, and that actually surprised the hell out of me, considering how good he was last year. Um, You know, not that things opened up a ton in Toronto. 
He was number 28, though. Played himself into some injuries. He was at about 18 points, six and a half re- uh, assists, four rebounds, almost three three-pointers. Almost two steals a game. Hurts you in field goal percent, yeah, but if he really is going near 50, that's a gimme. That's a gimme. Toronto lost one of the guys that actually took some shots on that team in Serge Ibaka. He was taking almost 13 shots a game and really didn't get replaced. And I know you say, well, you know, Aaron Baines is in there. Marcus Gasol took six and a half shots a game. Chris Boucher is going to see more playing time this year. Simple fact is they removed more shots than they added in terms of guys that are going to be seeing the floor. When Serge was on the floor, he was looking to attack. Baines isn't quite that same guy. So, you know, you're going to see more for Van Fleet, more for Norman Powell, more for OG Ananobi. The guys that were, I don't want to say they were right below the threshold because all of those guys did a lot, but Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry sort of dictated things. Then Van Fleet was like a 1B to those guys. And Ananobi was sort of that next tier down, probably with Serge Ibaka. Well, you know, with and Norman Powell, you take away one of those second grouping guys, it just means a little bit more for the other dudes. So I don't really see any reason why Freddie Van Vliet should be much worse than last year, if at all. The only thing you can look at is say, well, does the 1.9 steals, does that hold for another year? And I'm inclined to think they do. And then the other note is, hey, does he, does he do things tail off a bit since he got paid? And I don't think that's the way he operates. I don't think that's the way that Toronto operates. So I like him. D'Angelo Russell at 49, much more an 8-cat guy than a 9-cat guy. I actually really like him here if he goes that far in 8-category leagues. In 9-category leagues, it's a little bit more dicey, uh, but not terrible. You know, you just have to be okay with the fact that uh, he's not going to help your field goal percent, and free throws, he did get a little bit better last year. It's not horrible. It really isn't. He's going to have fun this year. He's going to have a lot to do in Minnesota. Going around 50 his, his per-game numbers might be a hair behind that mark, maybe 55, 60 range, but if he's relatively durable, he'll probably beat that number in ADP or he'll get real close to it. A, a relatively safe play here in nine-category leagues, and I think actually a winning play if he falls this far in eight, but I doubt he does. And finally, the last name in the top 50 is Buddy Heald, uh, a name that I thought would fall farther this year. He's number 66 on a per-game basis last year, he was trending down hard towards the end of the year, but Bogdan Bogdanovich is gone, the one guy that was truly standing in his way. Uh, we heard from King's Brass talking about Heald yesterday, that they were excited about what he can do. Uh, he has a pretty clear path to a top 40 season. So I actually really like him here around 50 if your team needs threes. Good free throw percent, and not a ton else. Unfortunately, I mean, he's not going to be a big steals guy, not going to rebound all that much, not going to pass all that much. He's going to get you sort of like crummy shooting guard type numbers in those categories, but he's going to get you far better than normal shooting guard numbers in three pointers. Free throw percent is very good. And, tr- and, and frankly, shooting 43% from the field, the guy that takes almost all of his shots from downtown is not that awful. He's like a clunky iteration of Clay Thompson, really. Clunky Clay. That's what we'll call Buddy Heald. But at 50, I actually like him. I think he's a pretty good pick there. And I'm truly surprised he didn't go lower. 
How much farther are we going on today's podcast? We're, I, I move through these numbers kind of slowly, don't I? Uh, I do want to try to get through a couple more names here. Before I do, guys, I want to remind you once again, the Brewski 150 is out. It's in the HoopBall 360 package right now. That's available for $12.99 over at HoopBall. Includes everything in the Fantasy Pass, which I'm going to tell you about in a second, plus Brewski 150 access before anyone else, plus the Wager Pass which is top plays on the sports betting front from our host now of pros in every major sport, not just basketball. We're betting on everything here at HoopBall. Those guys over at HoopBall Gaming doing a wonderful job of breaking things down. Uh, So that's all in the HoopBall 360 package. Or if you don't need some of those extra things, the Fantasy Pass is just $4.99 a month. That has the Brewski 150 starting on Thursday of this week, so two days from today. It has all in-season tools, it has the draft guide, and it's going to have our DFS package as soon as that starts in uh, a couple of weeks here with the preseason. So that's the Fantasy Pass. It's $4.99 a month. We all won more than that together on my bookie stuff over this last weekend. I won $200. I know some of you won like $450. Incredible. Come on. Put a little bit back into the hoob. $4.99 a month for the Fantasy Pass, or if you want the Wager Pass and the early, early, early Brewski 150 upgrade, to the HoopBall 360 plan, go to hoop-ball.com. That's the website, hoop-ball.com, and click on one of the advertisements on that homepage, either for the Fantasy Pass or the HoopBall 360. Do it today. Do it today. Oh, oh, I almost forgot to tell you guys. Uh, this is this is not a, a paid thing. This is a promo for a free thing. Coming up this afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, HoopBall is putting on a live video mock draft with titans of the fantasy industry. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I kept forgetting to talk about this on the podcast because we had a, a few of the details to work out. But it's today. It's on the HoopBall YouTube page. And it features uh, 12 of, of my best buds in the business. Alex Ricklin, uh, Brew, of course, is in there. Adam King, Eric Ong, Josh Lloyd, Jonas Nader, Kyle McEwen, uh, Boggs, my boy Bogman, Jovan Bua of The Athletic, Mike Catron, uh, Joel Bartolotta, Adam Stock, 12 great fantasy names. We are going to be live on video, mock drafting a nine-category roto draft together today at 2.30 p.m. with our buddies from FJ Fantasy who are going to be operating a big board while the mock goes on, they'll be slapping those stickies up on the board for each team. So really excited. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be kind of a, a hoop ball souvenir when all is said and done. And then we can break down that mock draft with some of these dudes that are in it over the next couple of weeks leading up to opening night. So going to be a great time. Uh, we'll be tweeting about that a bunch during the day today. Again, I, I don't know the, the best way to tell you guys to find it. Uh, if you can go to the hoop ball YouTube page, which is uh, youtube.com slash c slash hoopball. The C, I think, it stands for channel. Um, again, we'll be tweeting about it a ton. YouTube.com slash C slash hoopball. And at 2.30, that will start. So uh, I, I do think the best way to find it is to follow some of us on Twitter, whether it's me or Hoopball Fantasy or whoever, because we'll be promoting it as it goes. Um, but that's going to be a blast, man. That's going to be an absolute winging. You can see some of the best as they're mocking together live on video shooting the breeze and having a good old time. So that's cool. Um, hope, we'll, hope we'll see some of you guys there. 
let's try to power through just a couple more names here uh, on today's podcast before we wrap things up, because I, unfortunately, I got to move a little bit. LaMarcus Aldridge is number 51. And yeah, I mean, there's the fear of him getting traded hanging over all of this stuff. It's a big one. It's, it's, not, it's not nothing. You know, it's not an inconsequential thing. He was, however, quite good last year. Prior to getting hurt towards the end of the season, in the 53 games he played, he averaged 19 and 7.5 with 2.3 defensive stats on 49 from the field, 83 at the foul line, low turnovers, and he was number 25. I do think he trends down a little bit. I think his per-game mark is probably more in the 35 range this year. Durability is a question mark, but he's going at 51. It's too far. It's less exciting, and even if he gets moved, he'll probably still be a top 60, top 70 guy wherever he goes. So you roll that all together, and I mean, this is a guy who can beat that mark with his eyes closed. I get it. He's not going to be as good as last year. I'm fully on board with the notion that he is trending slightly down, but this is so late. Draymond Green at 52. I think he'll have a better season this year. He wasn't good last year. Uh, he was number 86. He'll get locked back in. Uh, there, there's a little risk involved with taking him in the 50s because you have to hope that his field goal percent comes back, his focus comes back, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, all that stuff needs to go up for him. And it should. I mean, I don't think he ever gets back to where he was a few years ago. This is a little bit one of those roll-the-dice plays where you don't really have to. I thought he'd get drafted in the 60s or 70s this year. I'm perfectly frank with you guys. I thought he'd fall farther, and so this is a bit of a disappointment. I'm probably not going to end up with a ton of Draymonds going in the 50s. DeMar DeRozan is at 53, so the Spurs are clustering at this point. DeMar last year was number 43, and as long as he's in San Antonio, his role is his role. He'll do a tiny bit less with DeJounte Murray, uh, DeJounte Murray and Derek White starting to do a bit more. Um but he's another guy that should probably beat this mark with his eyes closed. Maybe not as easily as Aldridge, but, I mean, you always know what you're getting. The fear, of course, with DeMar is he could go someplace where his role gets obliterated. With Aldridge, you know, if a team is going to trade for LaMarcus Aldridge, they're going to play him, and he, it means they probably need a big man, and so he'll be out there on the floor. With, with DeRozan, a team trading for him doesn't necessarily need a guy to go get you 23 points a game. So there is a fear there. His arrow, I think, would far, would go farther down if moved this season. Brandon Ingram at 54. Oh, that's the guy who fell out. Good Lord, that's a long drop. Holy moly. Uh, well, he finished last year at number 29. With Drew Holiday gone, that gives back a little of what Zion took away. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Ingram in the 50s, I'm much more on board than Ingram in the 20s and 30s where it looked like he'd be going this year. I think he was going around 30. Didn't we talk about him yesterday? I forget. I think he was on yesterday's pod where he was in the 30s, and now he's at 54. Wow, that's a big update from Yahoo. Anyway, uh, at 54, I can dig it. I can dig it. I think he can beat this mark. Uh, per game is probably going to be somewhat close to this, but by totals, I, I, think he, I think he smokes this number. And then C.J. McCollum at uh, 55 is... You know, the world's safest 55, basically. He'll be a tiny bit behind that on a per-game basis, and he's durable, and he'll probably be a tiny bit in front of that on a totals basis. This last year, McCollum was number 63 by averages, but played in a hell of a lot of ball games for Portland before this season shut down in the middle of March. And so by totals, 
you get a nice durability bump, and CJ ends up uh, at 39. So, you know, two and a half round jump because he was durable. And that's where we'll leave off. Uh, we'll pick up tomorrow with uh, Lonzo Ball at 56, and I'll try to get through 20 on tomorrow's show. I want to get through number 75. And then uh, Thursday, we'll try to get through the edge of the top 100. And then Friday, we'll probably do kind of a late round who's napping kind of guys out there. I don't like to call them sleepers because everybody knows, everybody knows everybody nowadays. But you guys, you guys know the drill. You guys know the shtick. Hoping, by the way, to have Brew on a show uh, later on this week. So stay tuned. That, uh, that may be in the cards. And then we'll start talking to some of these guys from the mock draft. Just to recap here. Uh, big thank you to my bookie, by the way. Keep signing up with those guys over at mybookie.ag. They've been giving us all sorts of free ducats the last few days. Uh, Manscaped.com, promo code HoopBall20. Go get something there immediately. Sign up for a HoopBall league. We're running out of space, about 15 slots left. You can hit me there. If you want to be a part of HoopBall here, hit me up. Twitter, at Dan Bespers, or email teamhoopball at hoopdashball.com. And please, go get something at HoopBall. Get a product. Get a premium product, because we've been winning you guys money this is the time we ask for a little something back. Four ninety nine a month. Fantasy Pass gets you that B one fifty on Thursday, and the draft guide, and the in season tools, and the DFS pass, which is going to be great because you guys are all going to get into DFS this year, and we're all going to win some money over there as well. Uh, that's your Tuesday show, friends and confidants. We'll be back with you Wednesday morning. Keep breaking down these ADPs. We got a lot to go through here. I'm Dan Baspers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Toodaloo. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.